Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 311. Don't miss this episode. And I am your co-host and the guy who has a pretty good-looking food plot in the back of his pickup truck. And I'm your co-host, and the guy who's getting so frustrated with turkeys that he almost shot a deer today. <laughs> well, if you, <laughs> if you take my pickup truck hunting, I will guarantee that you will have a deer close enough <laughs> that you could probably kill it with a spear. What, what happened? Do you have just seeds back there? Did you spill all in the truck and it's growing? Man, you know how it goes. Anytime you're planning, you're going to end up with some seed in the back of your pickup truck. So I have no issue mentioning a brand name when it is a very good product. And so I'm going to do that right now. So at my property, I have very good luck planting Whitetail Institute's no plow. Huh. And 
I think it has a lot to do with the fact that that soil is just crap. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. hard to even call it soil. It's mainly rocks. Yeah. And so... I What's in the it, no-plow? What, what grows? Oh, uh, you know, I'll have to pull the the bag and, and look at all the ingredients, but it's a blend. And okay. it has, I know it has some ryegrass in it, but as far as the other seeds in there, I really couldn't tell you. I know I get good results out of it on that really bad soil and the deer like it. So, you know, for me, that's good enough. Well, they put some sort of inoculant on the seed and coat it with an inoculant. Well, it's blue. So Friday afternoon, I actually took off work early, which was nice. Well needed. (laughs) Yeah, it was a nice little break. I've not been able to do that in a long, long time. So I took off at about three o'clock, got down to my property about 345, jumped on the tractor. Oh, side note, if you guys ever run your diesel tractor out of fuel, you know how much of a pain in the rear end it is to bleed that fuel line to get that tractor running. If it's an older diesel, there's a great video on YouTube that is a hack on how to get it started without having to bleed the line out. So I, I get there. It takes me about 10 minutes to get the tractor started, including putting fuel in it. And I go ahead and run the bush hog, bush hog all my fields, back up to where my implements are parked, get the disc on, start disking. And I only disc up the two fields that I'm planning or planned on planning Friday afternoon. It's, you know, there's a hurricane at any time. Yeah. So I get those two fields disced. I pull the tractor where I normally park it, cut it off, get out, and I fill up my little bag spreader with seed. Well, of course, like I said, you know, you're not going to plant anything and not get seed in the back of your truck. So, you know, I have a little spillage there in the truck and I get out, get all the seed spread, get back in the truck, drive back to Birmingham. That was Friday afternoon. It was about 6.15 when I seeded. So from 6.15 Saturday afternoon, it pretty well rained the entire time. You know, it would rain for several hours and then stop and then rain for several hours and stop. And it was just a really good, solid rain to where we didn't get a flash flood. Mm -hmm. Saturday afternoon at about four, Tammy and I decided to load up and go to Lowe's because that's where we spend a great deal of our time and a huge amount of our money these days. And we get to Lowe's and I drop the tailgate of the truck and the seed in the back of my truck has already germinated. Mm -hmm. So not even 24 hours after spilling the seed in my truck and it's starting to rain on it, the seed was germinating. So impressive. Yes. So that was the end of day one. Day two, Sunday at about three or four o'clock, I'm going to Lowe's again, drop the tailgate, and I've now got roots on these seeds that are, I would say, close to a quarter of an inch long. Good Lord. Yeah. Day three, they're about three-eighths of an inch long, but now the sun is out midway through day three, and I believe I'm starting to lose my food plot. Mm-hmm. But pretty impressed. Good blood. Pretty impressed with Whitetail Institute's no plow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. And I'm sure what you actually spread is popping if it got rained on immediately and it is that easy to open up 
Yeah. I would imagine the field out there looks like one of the chias, you know, a chia pet. You put the seed yeah. on there and it starts to sprout the first day and, you know, two weeks you've got Obama's head full of hair. That's probably what my food plot looks like down there right now. But that was a pretty fun little experiment. And I haven't looked at it in the past couple of days. So I need to go look to see because it was sunny all day today and Temperature's cooled yeah. off a little bit, so that may help it, but it may be drying up pretty badly right now yeah. in the back of my truck. But Well, eventually you're going to have to get it out of there, so. <laughs> yeah, or I can just leave it and let the birds eat it out of there. Yeah, I guess that's true. So you almost stuck a deer today, huh? Yeah, these turkeys, I saw them Sunday morning, and I've been hunting them really hard, and I can't. I hadn't seen them again. I thought they would come back to this cut bean field that they've been using on sunday and they hadn't come back but really nice eight point walked up and was sniffing my decoy at 15 yards and i I even changed arrows out of my turkey broadhead to a deer broadhead and i was like oh man i'm about to kill you but then i just didn't so just didn't feel right he wasn't the right deer to kill and i didn't really feel like pulling with it and i just i don't know i can't blood trail him anyway so i'm gonna wait and get a deer in rifle season when i can just drop one and get my meat that way i think is what i'm gonna do yeah but hopefully i'll find these turkeys soon i'm ready to smack a fall gobbler and it's tough it's really hard when they're not gobbling it makes it a lot more difficult in locating those birds yeah but the good news is that we're only 170 days 11 hours 53 minutes and seven seconds from opening day of spring gobbling season in tennessee less than six months it's not bad i'm ready to hear them gobble (laughs) we're almost five months away in alabama we are 156 days 12 hours 21 minutes and 45 seconds coming close man it's going fast i mean before you know it it's going to be halloween there we're going to be talking about thanksgiving and then christmas and new year's and next thing you know, January is going to be over. February is going to be here. I mean, it, it's just, it's going to happen. The yeah. the one thing that's really going to screw this up for me. Yeah, I knew we needed to talk about this. February mm. is going to be not live in Nashville. It is yeah. going to be a virtual convention. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. Nothing's going to compete with the real deal. No, no. Um, so I'm not, that, I don't know, I, I am like you, I don't know what to expect. So I, I'm having a hard time getting fired up about February, but I tell you what I am getting fired up about, besides turkey season obviously being not far away, is the show in Unicoi, Georgia, this January is going to happen. Oh man, well I'll have to make that one with you then. You definitely need to. That is a fun trip and... I'm, I'm telling you, man, you're going to be in hog heaven. I like it. I like hog heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, in case you haven't heard, there is no convention for the NWTF in Nashville next year. Yep. That is big news. So sad we won't be able to see you guys at that, but make sure you make it out to Unicoi. It's your chance to get out there and do a similar deal. Yeah. A little bit smaller scale. Yeah, much smaller scale, but, you know, it's a much more, I hate to use the word intimate because we're talking about 
turkey hunters yeah. and a, bu- a bunch of guys. Yeah, it's just a closer, it just has such a good feel to it. You know, you feel like you're with a bunch of hunting buddies. And so it's awesome. If you guys yeah. have not been, you need to go. And it's about time to start looking at some hotel rooms up there, by the way. Yeah, that's a good so, point. Anyway, it's, no, it's a show you don't want to miss. And speaking of missing... That's a topic. <laughs> it's a topic for today's show, but we don't have a story of you missing a fall bird. So that's good. Yet. <laughs> Yet. We're talking about you, not me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I will probably, after days on end of chasing these turkeys, have a miss. Especially if it happens before shotgun season and I have to try it with a bow. But we'll see. I did, however, have a couple experiences in the spring with some missing. I participated once, and I hunted with three other people who missed. Mm-hmm. And so today, we thought it would be an interesting show to play clips from those hunts, shortened clips of the miss, and you know a little bit leading up to it, and then decipher what could have happened, why did we miss, you know what factors led to missing, because maybe that'll help somebody not miss next year. And sometimes you just miss. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. But you can always learn something from it. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. So let's talk about the first one. So let's just go in chronological order. We'll start with the first miss of the season, which if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you actually heard the whole hunt behind this one. And so we're going to play a clip repeating my hunt in Mississippi with my good buddy Andrew LaCicero and we'll play a little bit of that clip and then we'll come back and talk about what happened so here you go
too far. How did I miss that? No way I just missed that. Okay, so I recall from that episode when we had Andrew on a little bit. Well, actually, I recall the entire hunt because I was there after having listened to the audio basically yeah. you're there yeah but pretty, pretty decent gobbling audio on that one yeah <laughs> yeah uh, definitely so what do you think the deal was with that so we're just gonna you know dive into the the original shot obviously the other five shots or whatever that rang out after the original one were at a moving target mm-hmm. at full speed running for his life through the woods so like you know People just miss in that case. <laughs> the first shot is the one where the bird should have been dead. And so what happened, the two gobblers flew down to our left across a creek, and the third gobbler had flown down and was coming to meet up with them. And he was crossing right to left in front of us. Andrew's going to shoot him. And so he tells me, you know, or I told him, I, one of us told the other person, I'm going to call, he's going to stop, and you shoot him. So what I believe happened in this instance, I called, you hear he gobbles right on top of me, and then Andrew shot. So what happened is the bird's neck is outstretched, gobbling, and starts to pull back, and Andrew shoots right in front of his face. And I believe that is the reason he missed. So my takeaway from this hunt would be don't try to shoot them mid-gobble. And because, A, that's kind of a shocking experience at 30 yards. Like, you know, that can right. kind of make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. So you're probably shaking a little more. Your adrenaline pumps even more. And the, the target, the head of the turkey, is moving. If you wait till he's not gobbling, you know, usually after they gobble, they'll look around for that hen that they just gobbled at. And then's when you can kill him. His head's outstretched. So yeah. that's kind of what I take away from that one. He, 
you know, and it's not his fault. I've done that before myself. And he was ready to shoot when the bird stopped when I called. And yeah, the bird stopped, but he also gobbled. And so I think it almost that gobble caused a reaction of a shot because it just the moment was so heightened, you know? Right. And so I would think that would be what we could take away from that is don't try to shoot a bird mid gobble. Yeah, I think that that's a big mistake, shooting one while he's gobbling. And, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way about a strutting bird, even though I have killed them in strut. Yeah, it's just sometimes. not my preferred Yeah, target. sometimes you have to. <laughs> that's right. Like they won't come out of it. Yeah, but I've missed one in mid-gobble as well because, you know, I thought, well, that'd be cool to shoot him when his head's out. You know, his yeah. neck's outstretched and his head's out here in front of him and i mean i, I don't know i i just it's just a bad idea yeah it's yeah. just not a good time to shoot you know the ideal situation is he's not in strut and his head is fully erect looking for the hen in my opinion and when he's gobbling if you time it just right yeah his head's outstretched and you might get him but if you're a second late that head whips back into place and you shot right in front of him you know so yeah that's what i took away from that one and you know andrew ended up having an awesome season that hunt overall was fantastic regardless of the miss it was a great experience so he got to go hunt those birds again for a couple more mornings so that was that was a cool part of that yeah but Moving from there, our next culprit is a guy that I took who has never killed a turkey. He's a good friend of mine named Ethan, and he called me about mid-turkey season in Tennessee and said, hey, you know, I've never killed one. I've been trying to go, and I've been hearing one every morning right here, and I want to kill him, but I don't really know, you know, I'm just sitting on the field with my decoy and calling, would you mind coming and helping me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, heck yeah, I'm in, because kind of my rule for turkey season with people that want me to take them is I'd love to take you and call up birds, but you tell me where the turkey is. <laughs> right. I, I don't want to take you if you're you're wanting me to go put you on the birds I've spent years finding, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of always been my rule. And I mean, maybe it's selfish, maybe it's not, but that's just how I am. So if you have birds, you know, on your hunting lease or whatever, and you want me to take you, I'm, I'm ready to go. But that was the case here. So we'll play the audio from this hunt. He's never killed a turkey, and... I'll play it, and then we'll go into what we're seeing here. So here's a hunt with Ethan in the swamps of Tennessee. All right.
think you can kill him, you can try it. I just don't know how far it is. I might try to get the fall somewhere. Okay, so first off, I'm going to tell you the bird is roosted over water. We're set up on the bank. It was flooded at this point. And before I turned the audio on, I tree called, and he just turns inside out on it. And when I turn the audio on, within like seconds, he pitches down and comes sailing straight to us. <laughs> nice. And so at this point, Ethan is like, he's freaking out pretty bad because... It, it was happening really fast. It, there wasn't much time for him to get adjusted to what's going on in the world. But bird lands, and he's strutting at 35 yards, strutting back and forth, back and forth. And I guess I didn't realize it, but I think in Ethan's mind, he was waiting on me to tell him to shoot. And I was thinking, like, okay, he's just going to, you know, he's waiting until he gets a clear shot. He's going to shoot him. And when he first lit, I also couldn't see the bird, and he had approached another 15 yards, so I didn't know he was actually in gun range. But Ethan thought I was telling him when to shoot. I thought he's just going to shoot him, you know. And so that's, I think, problem one. If you take a new hunter, maybe discuss that beforehand. Like, are you wanting me, do you want me to tell you when you should shoot? Or, you know, you just shoot when you feel comfortable, you know, that kind of thing. So that may be a good thing to do when you take a new turkey hunter is discuss that before the hunt. And moving past that, <laughs> you hear in the audio, I was like, I finally was like, all right, you know, if you think you can kill him, you know, go ahead. Blue! <laughs> I mean, he was sitting there waiting on that trigger for any indication that it was time. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And so I think with this one, what, the biggest point is he was a nervous wreck, I think, because he had to, he was sitting there looking down his barrel at the turkey for five minutes or, you know, felt like five minutes, probably a minute, when he could have been shooting. And so I think his nerves got the best of him there. And he had not patterned his shotgun. He had bought some shells, and he had never shot it before. So I don't know if he's patterned it yet, but that's never a good idea. And I yeah. think that combo is why that bird was missed. Nerves were really high. We hadn't discussed who was calling the shot kind of thing. And the gun had not been patterned with those shells. And so he missed clean as a whistle. That bird flew off and was completely fine to live many another day. But he may have moved places after that encounter. You know, those catch and release turkey hunts are just, they're awesome. They're awesome. Especially when you're not the one who missed. It's a lot better. <laughs> And I and I need to retrace my steps a little bit here because they're awesome when they're not out of state in a yeah, state you that's... haven't been to where you're trying to get your super slam. Yeah, that those are the worst, absolute yeah. worst. Yeah, which actually leads into our next hunt. <laughs> hey, that was a good segue, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't even think you meant to do that, but we're gonna take you to New Hampshire next, and this hunt. 
So New Hampshire, this is morning one that we're hunting in New Hampshire. I'm with my buddy John, who you guys heard on the show from our Florida hunt. He mm-hmm. went with us to the Northeast. I killed my New Hampshire bird with no audio, but I killed one that morning around nine o'clock. And John, actually, it was actually it was ten thirty when I killed that bird. And New Hampshire closes at noon. You cannot hunt past noon. So mm-hmm. I shot mine. And John still had not had his bird. And so I was like, look, man, we got an hour and a half. Let's go to er- this place I was earlier. And I heard two birds gobble there yeah. and see if we can relocate them. They had hens early and see if we can find them. And so we moved places. We're just prospecting, walking and calling and walking and calling, acting like a couple turkeys in the woods. And we strike them. And uh, they hit it hard. And so we moved down, I call again, and they hit it, and they're already halfway to us. And so I'm like, John, get set up. I'm going to sit behind you here. You run up there and set up a little bit closer, and let's see what happens, you know. And so that's where this audio picks up. I'm 30 yards behind John. He's in front of me, and that's where we'll pick up right here in New Hampshire. Got one hammering. About to get John's, I hope. That's all that we've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of Don't Miss This Episode, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast, which I'm going to tell you more about here in just a second. Or you can do what Cameron's going to tell you about after I finish talking. The way to become a premium content subscriber is to text the word turkey hunter. Make it one word with no spaces. Text that to the number 44222. After you do that, I'm going to email you a link that you can click on to create your username and password for the Podbean application and pay the $18 per year subscription for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your 18 bucks is going to get you not only the rest of this episode, which you don't want to miss, and it will also get you all of the premium content for all of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. There's a bunch of content you can unlock for 18 bucks, and if that's too much to swallow right now, Cameron is going to tell us how you can get it. If you cheaper. want to hear the rest of this episode and you don't want to miss it, then you can pay $1.99 will get you the rest of this episode. The way you do that is you go to our website, IamTurkeyHunting.com, or you can go to the TurkeyHunterPodcast.com and locate this episode followed by the letters PS, which stands for premium single. And then you can buy the rest of just this episode. So you'll have one full premium episode to try us out, and then you can become a subscriber when you feel like it. Awesome. 
So I appreciate you sharing those hunts. Absolutely. I hope they helped somebody and hope everybody enjoyed this episode. I think it, I think it was a good one. It was. So we have a joint favor of the week this week. Yep. The joint favor of the week is Cameron and I have a little idea that we want to throw out there to you guys. And I got this idea from a couple of guys that do a mortgage industry video every single day. And every so often, it's about once a week with these guys, they do a spotlight episode. And so, you know, I guess we have to be a little bit more clear in using the term spotlight when we're talking about a hunting podcast. But what Cameron and I want to try, and now it's going to take participation by you guys listening to the show. We want to do a listener spotlight show. Mm-hmm. And we want to maybe do one per quarter. And the listener spotlight show can be, if you want to nominate yourself to be on the show, that's great. We have no issue in that whatsoever. If you want to nominate a friend or family member to come on the show and let us interview them, then that's great as well. But what I'm thinking is, you know, if you know of someone who has a great story to share, a funny story to share, someone who's doing some really good things in the hunting industry, hunting community, primarily in the turkey hunting community, those are people we'd like to talk to, people we'd like to interview. If somebody's just finished their Super Slam and they want to come on and share some of their experiences about the Super Slam with us, or if they finished their Grand Slam, their first Grand Slam, or maybe did a single season, you know, those are people that we would like to interview. We get a lot of really good professional hunters on this show guys that have forgotten more than i'll ever know about turkey hunting but cameron and i also know that some of the best turkey hunters in the country are you guys listening to this show absolutely if you've listened to this show you're probably one of the top ones for sure and (laughs) that's true and we also know that there are a lot of you guys who listen to this show who are fantastic storytellers as well yeah so if you know someone like that really good turkey hunter really good storyteller nominate that person to come on and be our first listener spotlight episode perfect and they can do that by either reaching out to cameron on social media and we'll let him give all of his info or i'm gonna say this don't reach out to me on social media because I am really not on social media right now. But you can email me, andy at iamturkeyhunting.com, and throw somebody's name in the ring, throw your own name in the ring, and we'll draw one person out. We'll probably do, you know, just some quick interviews or that kind of thing just to kind of figure out who we want to feature first. And just because the person you throw out there Tomorrow, so to speak, is not the first person that we interview for the Listener Spotlight show. That doesn't mean that that person won't get interviewed. So keep them coming. You know, if you've got one or two people, make that suggestion. But Cameron, tell them how they can reach out to you with a suggestion. If you're on Facebook, you can look up Cameron Weddington and send me a message there. Or on Instagram, I'm probably most active on Instagram. It's the Gobfather, G-O-B-F-A-T-H-E-R, 49. 
the Godfather 49. And you can reach out there and send me a direct message and make suggestions. Tell me who it is and how to contact them if they are drawn. And we'll get them on the show or get you on the show. Feel free to suggest yourself. If you think you got something good to tell people, please reach out. What do you say we give a little prize to, or maybe we should say a gift, to the person who nominates the the first listener for our Listener Spotlight episode? I like it. All right, let me rephrase that. What do you say we give a little gift to the person who nominates a listener for the Listener Spotlight show that we choose for our first episode? So... Let's say I nominate my dad and my dad was chosen to be on the first episode, then I would get a gift. Yeah. Does that sound cool? Sounds good to me. I like it. Okay. So let's do that. That'll be fun. Sweet. And it, and that'll be our part for you guys a little bit. That'll be our favor of the week as well. That's a dual purpose. Yeah. So awesome. Sweet. We we've thrown a lot of stuff out there in this episode. So let's wrap this thing up. Let everybody get on with their week. What do you say? Sounds good to me. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.